Amen. You may be seated. As you're taking your seats, if you've got the bulletin there uh, with you or before you on some screen, uh, please recognize that we have got several passages of Holy Scripture before us. Uh, Today, on this Pentecost Sunday, we are completing a very, very short series, two, two sermons on food, fasting, and feasting. Last time we began with the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, worked our way through Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and we were looking forward, even as we finished Genesis 3, uh, towards the coming of the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we began with the New Testament. We began with John 6. We read some verses from that wonderful, amazing, powerful, and convicting chapter. Then we move into 1 Corinthians, a very famous uh, passage uh, where we have Paul giving us the words of institution of the Lord's Supper. And then we move to the last book of the Bible, two passages, one from Revelation 19 and the next from Revelation 22. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread of heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to Him, Sir, give us this bread always. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jumping down to verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, And my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died, Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul gives us these words. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Then let's move to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, Revelation chapter 19. The Apostle John writes, After this I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for His judgments are true and just. For He has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of His servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the 24 elders, representing the fullness of the church, and the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah! And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you His servants, you who fear Him, small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. And it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. In the very last chapter of the Bible, we read these words. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. And they will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Verse 17. Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. 
And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. Many of you know that my grandfather was a pastor. And I remember when I was young, my grandfather would fairly often say that on a Sunday morning, he would find himself in his study at church, preparing for the service to come. And he would be moved to change his sermon, to not go with the sermon he had planned to go with, and to go instead with a completely different sermon. Or he'd have a few outlines in his mind, and he would sense that the Spirit was leading him to preach a particular one over the other. As a boy, I didn't quite understand all that. After being a pastor and being a preacher for nearly 25 years, I understand that. I had a sermon that was wrapped up yesterday. And I couldn't sleep. And this morning, I was moved to do a different sermon and to do a different way of doing a different sermon. This sermon is a prayer. I'm grateful for John praying that beautiful pastoral prayer. Today's sermon is going to be an additional prayer. I'm going to pray it. And I'm going to ask you to pray with your eyes open. I'm going to work through this fairly slowly, enough time to give you time to join your hearts with mine as we offer up this sermon prayer unto the Lord. Preaching is this back and forth dialogue, whether you're saying anything or not. The pastor, when he's preaching a sermon, the preacher, he's, he's reading you and you're reading him, and there's this back and forth. Today it's going to be even more pronounced. I need you. I need my brothers and sisters here to join me in this prayer. O oh Lord, our Lord, I'm spent. My brothers and sisters are spent. I'm emotionally worn out. I'm numb. From weeks and weeks of a pandemic to now days and days of American cities erupting into battlefields following the horrific and evil death of George Floyd. So much pain Danger, financial ruin, wickedness, mayhem, frustration, oppression, racism, finger pointing, anger, unbridled anger, hopelessness.
O Lord, our Lord, I am spent. And my brothers and sisters are spent. And more than ever, I want to cry out, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Set this world right. Defeat and throw into an eternal fire of damnation, wickedness, evil, hatred, strife, disease, heartache, Satan, his hordes, and all yours and all our enemies, including death itself. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly and set this world right. And replace all the hideous divisions among men, among human beings, all created in the image of Almighty God in your image. Replace all those divisions, O Lord Jesus Christ, with your redeemed church made up of people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue, singing praises with united voices, joined with an army chorus of angels, crying, Hallelujah! Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. So many, Lord, are tired. So many, Lord, are broken. So many, Lord, their lives are in shambles, weak, confused, scared, hurting, longing, longing for streets of gold where they can walk without fear. Longing for freedom, longing for love, longing for joy, longing for peace, Longing. And this good earth, O triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this earth is groaning, groaning under the curse of the fall. The mountains quake. The forests tremble. The animals cringe. The waves crash. The earth groans. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, and come quickly. Come, Lamb of God. Come, bread of life. We are hungry. We are thirsty. 
We have fasted and fasted. We live in a dry and a parched land. And we know that you have been the giver of food. Rich, delightful, delicious food. You are the giver of drink to quench our every thirst. We know what you've said about food and drink and about them coming from your good and generous and your loving hands. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus, Lamb of God, bread of life. We see that that good gift of food and drink, that the good gift of feasting, is pointing us to you, O Lamb of God, bread of life, to eternal communion and intimacy with you with our bridegroom. Lord, we remember the marriage customs of the Hebrew saints of old, those ancient Hebrews. There was the betrothal, something far more than than our wedding engagements, where a man and a woman would come together, they would make vows, they would be considered to be husband and wife. And then there will be a separation. And the bridegroom, oh Lord Jesus, the great bridegroom, the bridegroom in those ancient weddings would pay a dowry for his bride. And sometimes that would take a long time to to make what was needed for the dowry. And, O Lord Jesus, that bridegroom, though, would, by your blessing, would come and pay the dowry, and he would come for his bride. And there would be a great and beautiful feast. Lord Jesus, you, you stepped down from glory. You came down for your pride to be betrothed to sinners such as ourselves. You took on our flesh. You were humble. You humbled yourself as a man. You came to be betrothed to people like us, unfathomable though that is. What what an amazing mystery. It came, came to be betrothed to your church. And Lord Jesus, then you went and you paid the dowry for your people with your life with your perfect life of righteousness, with your blood shed on the cross, with your broken body, you paid for your bride as you bore our penalty on the cross in our place. And you've gone away 
And you've been gone for so long. And while you have been away in this interval, until you return, you've poured out your Spirit upon us. You've breathed out your Spirit upon your church. And you've given your church means of grace, and that Spirit takes the means of grace. And the Spirit uses those means of grace to make us ugly people, broken sinners, to form us and fashion us into a glorious bride. Your church, she is making herself ready. She is arraying herself with righteous deeds. Righteous deeds such as these. Weeping for those who weep. Speaking truth in love and with boldness. Pursuing justice, showing mercy, turning the other cheek, defending the orphan and the widow, feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, visiting those who are in prison, honoring fathers and mothers, caring for one another and for those who are attacked by the thieves along the road to Jericho, loving our enemies and those who would persecute us for your name's sake. By not speaking when we should hold our tongue, and boldly speaking when we should speak. By, without reservation, pursuing holiness, putting on the full armor of God, cultivating meekness, cultivating patience, cultivating long-suffering, peace, hope, love, by considering others more highly than ourselves. By bending down and washing feet, not putting our knees on the necks of others or hurling rocks. By fighting with love when the world would sh shove into our hands swords. By receiving again and again and again and again and again, simple means of grace. The Word read, preached, prayed, sung, prayer. The sacraments, the holy sacraments, and the dear, precious, 
fellowship of the saints. And by proclaiming and living the gospel of grace by our words and by our actions, live and in person, and through social media, and in our homes, and in our neighborhoods, and in stores, and in churches, and in our communities. We array ourselves as the bride of Christ in fine linen, bright and pure. We ready ourselves in this way. For you have granted your pride to do so. We don't do these things by our own power. We do these things by the power of the Spirit. You have granted your bride to do so. For you have already clothed your pride in the righteous robes of your righteousness. And you empower your bride to have that righteousness worked into us through sanctification. We are betrothed, O Lord Jesus Christ, to you. We are yours by your grace, by your grace, your sovereign grace. We are readying ourselves. Our lamps are lit. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come for your bride. Let us feast. Let us feast. And instead of a seven-day feast, as glorious as that would be, may this feast be eternal. In the brokenness of this world, we long for intimacy and communion with you. O Lord and Savior, this interval is wearisome. Maranatha, Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We long for the marriage supper of the Lamb with our bridegroom. But it's not just feasting with you. Lord Jesus, it is you. It's feasting upon you. Mysteriously, we don't understand, but you've told us to feed upon you to eat your flesh and to drink your blood, for you are the bread of life. You are the fountain that quenches our thirst. We long for you. Not just to feast with you, we long for you. Yes, this is the marriage supper, but it's the marriage supper of the Lamb. You are our Passover lamb. It is the marriage supper of the lamb, and we must feed upon you. We long to taste of the tree of life, and through your perfect life in our place, 
and through your blood and broken body and through your resurrection and through your ascension and through that second coming, we are crying for through these things. You're going to lead us where Adam and Eve weren't able to go. You're going to take us to the tree of life. But again, Lord Jesus, and mysteriously, that fruit, that fruit of eternal life is you. The beautiful, the wonderful, delightful, the delicious gift of food and feasting is ultimately pointing us to you to desire you above all others, to desire you above all other things. Like Thomas Aquinas of old, when he was imagining you saying unto him, you have written well of me, Thomas. What do you desire? as a reward for your labors. Thomas wanted to reply, Lord, only yourself. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Yes, we want all your enemies and ours to be utterly routed. Yes, we want the curse upon this earth to be removed. Yes, we want to gather with all the saints and have the entire church represented by the 24 elders the entire church be the church victorious. Yes, we want every wrong righted. We want to sing with those elders and the choirs of angels. We want to sing your praises. Yes, and a thousand times, yes. We want to feast. To feast with you. But by your grace, most of all, we desire, Lord, only Yourself. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.